And hey there, hi there, ho there, and hello there. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour Podcast. We are here on a, another gray Saturday. Uh, it seems that the Pacific Northwest or British weather that usually settles over the Ohio River Valley for the last part of winter has fully done so at this point. Yeah. Uh, Louisville, man. It's either warm, gray, and rainy, or cold and sunny. Yeah, which is sometimes worse. Yeah, <laughs> just the sun. That's yeah, no, no clouds, no moisture in the air to cut it. It's just bright and abusive. But uh, yeah, the drive to work on Thursday couldn't see Indiana from sixty-four. Yeah, uh, which is not yeah. necessarily a bad thing. Fog's, <laughs> fog's been crazy. Yeah. Uh, we are without Jared today, as he is going to go watch Louisville men again. He subjects himself to that nearly every week. I don't, I don't fully understand it, but you know, photographers got to photograph, I guess. <laughs> we do have uh, myself. There is an event going down, going on down on uh, down in Washington Louisville too that he could photograph, but you know, and one on Floyd that he could photograph. Uh, uh, Floyd. Oh, is tennis played? Swimming versus Kentucky. Oh, is that is that already started? I thought that was later in the day. It's at one. He could be oh, there. Okay. He could be going there instead of to could the basketball game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more on scheduling and Twitter when we <laughs> get there. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. No. Jump the gun. It's quite all right. You know, we got to get through the show somehow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're hearing Jeff. Obviously, we also have Daryl in the house who is muted because um, her breakfast is. Potentially going to be served to her soon. We don't know when <laughs> yeah. she's when she's going to be shoving her face with biscuits and gravy. Um, but uh, between the the breakfast and the cat like clawing at the door to get in here because she hears voices, I got to mute for a minute. That's the way it goes. Yeah, I definitely understand that. If I let her in, she wants out. If I don't let her in, she wants in. It's just it's a fun battle this whole time. <laughs> that's that's cats. <laughs> yeah, I posted a Instagram story shortly before to let everyone know that our dog is in fact a cat because when we're not home or if one of us is home and she doesn't really notice that the that person is home she's just waiting for the the person that left she just perches up on the back of the couch and sleeps there but uh anyway uh it's been a week for me went to spring sports media day took some time out of my work week that i didn't necessarily have but it was nice to get away uh Jeff, what about you? How's how has your week been here at the the tail end of January? Uh, uh you know, uh, it's it's been a week. Uh, I had uh, I did a bit of a bit of a presentation for work yesterday, um, and uh, I had some work going on. We had some work going on in the house here uh, during that time, and they accidentally hit a couple of breakers and knocked off knocked power out. Uh, to uh, my work de- my work desk, um, which was um, a little uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I work on a laptop, so it, of course, has its own battery. So I stayed online. I stayed in the call and was able to continue the presentation, but my two external monitors went away. They got pe- lost power. So mm. it was like, like all my notes and, you know, other reference material I had spread out on my other monitors that it just went poof and I couldn't get to it. I was like, ah! So, but, 
was able to get through that. Uh, it was a good, it ended up being a really good presentation. Really pretty good. So, uh, moving forward on some projects uh, that are pretty cool. A lot of fun. I'm honestly shocked that you don't have a UPS. Uh, not for my workstation. Uh, I mean, the laptop has, is, you know, it's got a battery, so it kind of is its own UPS. But for the external stuff, it's like, eh, not worth it. <laughs> well, I guess. I mean, we, we, uh, our internet or our uh i can get a stipend for work for some stuff i may use it for one. that our yeah our power at the house in shelbyville was not the most it wasn't that it was unreliable it's that it was spotty because of the uh above ground lines and so we would just have drops um yeah like minor minor inconveniences um, yeah. So during COVID, when we were both working from home, we invested in a couple of UPSs yeah. to keep internet. We keep internet online. Uh, I mean, I've got it hooked up to all of my stuff so that I don't lose power on um, on that. But yeah, it's nice. I definitely would be in that same uh, same panic as you. Yeah. Unfor it would be unfortunate for me if, if um, that happened because, like I said, we would lose power to the to the wi-fi <laughs> yeah yeah well this I mean, obviously this wasn't the whole house it was just a couple of breakers in the house so like the internet stayed on it was on a different you know breaker so you know i was like well all right it was just uh yeah just just so that my monitors went away then and all lights uh in the room went out so but it was like well that's not ideal but okay i can i can round, roll with it and keep going I get uh, I get the pleasure of my UPS making obnoxious noises whenever I try to work on the house because random yeah. circuits are connected. So I'll be yeah. like changing up a, a light in the bathroom and the outlets that serve my computer are turned off. I'm like, all right, sure, whatever. Yeah. But uh, I would move to Daryl, but she has stepped away for the moment. I lied. I'm back. Oh, she she lied. Uh, Daryl, has it been a week for you as it has for Jeff and myself? Oh my god, guys. Between this fog and like feeling like I'm in just a cloud, like Tuesday, I swear through Thursday, it was foggy every morning, every night. I went out a few times for wedding related things. And I couldn't see the other side of the bridge. So uh, a little scary, um, but it just makes it feel weird. Like it's kind of cute. But it just made this this week drag by. So I was very much looking forward to Friday. And um, um, so hopefully get some sunshine this week. And I heard you say something about um, when it's um, deceiving. The sun's out, but the skies are blue. I still like that because it's like yeah. vitamin D. Like it just makes me in a better mood. Yeah. I always catch myself being like, why am I such a good mood today? Oh, the sun's out. I haven't seen yeah. the sun in three weeks. No, so, <laughs> it makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. It 100% yeah. does. When it's gray it's just, like this, I'm just like, just can, we, can we have a little bit of the sun and the, and the, the blue skies and the vitamin D without it being negative 20 would be nice, you know? <laughs> just a little bit of sun as a treat. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've got to get our happy vitamins in somehow. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just, I, I have uh, sensitive eyes, so when it's very bright outside and there's nothing to cut it, cut the glare, I just... Uh, they have things for that case. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't wear my sunglasses inside while I work, believe it or not. Um, anyway, we've gone on enough. It's... Uh, Eight yeah, minutes. I think all of us are just <laughs> a little bit brain dead this week. Uh, yeah. Just from 
that and then like i said the no vitamin d haven't seen the sun in forever but as usual um we started with uh looking at the schedule for the university of louisville and the events that they've got going on this week it is starting to pick up um as it will i think only a week or two maybe before we're moving into the spring sports uh getting online more on those later when we when we look at media day a little bit but as for today uh, as we alluded to um track and field hosting the lenny lyles invitational uh over at the norton healthcare sport and learning center um a good event going Almost on there. Almost got the name of that place down at this point. I I would if they would decide what they're going to call it on U of L's website. Because <laughs> is it the Sports and Learning Center or just Sport and Learning Center? Who oh. knows? Maybe I'll just Google it and figure out what they uh, what they call themselves. Well, if you only got it down to one letter at this point, that's doing pretty well. That's true. To, you know, what we were originally fumbling around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it feels like it should be complex, but it's center. It's, yeah. You know. Uh, men's tennis is taking on LSU in Columbia, South Carolina. So uh, a little bit of a bait and switch there. Uh, men's basketball, as we mentioned, Jared is down there taking on Virginia at the Yum Center at noon. That game on the CW, because why would it be on like real TV? Um, <laughs> swimming, as I mentioned, is hosting Kentucky uh, for their dual meet, the rivalry matchup. Uh, always an exciting event. The U of L pep band is uh, in attendance, so I guess a split split event for them, with a lot of the team down at or a lot of the band down at the Yum Center. Tomorrow, uh, women's tennis is taking on um, Kennesaw State at the Bass Road Tennis Center. That one starts at 11 a.m. Men's tennis is taking on South Carolina or Clemson uh, at that event in Columbia. No time listed for that one. Women's basketball hosts Pittsburgh in the Yum Center for their return match after the Cards took care of business against the Panthers uh, up in Pittsburgh. That one is at 2 p.m. and on ACC Network Extra. And then women's tennis also brings in Middle Tennessee, which are they? Did they get rid of the state? It just says Middle uh, Tennessee now, and the logo is just an M and a T. I don't know. Wow. They may have rebranded a little bit, yeah. I don't just know. like just like you, Pike, a few years ago. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that one's at four p.m. What an interesting, <laughs> interesting choice to to get rid of. It's like Memphis getting rid of the state. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> starting on Monday, men's golf is at the Sea Best Invitational, uh, hosted by Jacksonville University. That event continues through Tuesday. Uh, men's basketball takes on Clemson. Uh, in Clemson, South Carolina, on ACC Network on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Uh, won't be staying up for that one with the early early wake-up call on Wednesday. Women's basketball hosts Syracuse in the Yum Center at 7 p.m. on Thursday on ACC Network Extra. Uh, packed event calendar on Friday. Track back downtown in Louisville, but not hosting. Again, uh, another Bellarmine event um, hosted over here. Not sure why they hosted two in three weeks, uh, but that's the way it goes. PNC doing a good job uh, slamming their sponsorship at the at the front of this one as well. The PNC Bank Bellarmine Classic. All right. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> and it's the PNC Lenny Lyles Invitational, so you know they're just yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah, I know. Who knows? Uh, that one is all day on Friday. Women's golf goes to Guadalajara uh, for the Collegiate Invitational. Um, that one is officially hosted by Virginia. Um, Coach Whitney Young was excited about that one during the press conference uh, for Spring Sports Media Day. Track is a split event. Half the team at the Bellarmine Classic. Uh, the rest of the team heading out to the New Mexico Collegiate Classic. Uh, I think that is a... I mentioned it in the article uh, last week. I think that's a cider event for the... Um, for the USA track and field uh, championships that will come later because they're also in Albuquerque. Uh, swimming is up in Bloomington to take on IU on Friday. That one starts at noon. Women's tennis brings Austin P into the Yum Center or into the uh, Bass Red Center at 3 p.m. I threw myself off because I saw UK for whatever reason made me immediately think of the Yum Center. Men's tennis is heading to Lexington to take on uk on friday so like i mentioned uh busy week there moving Getting forward busy. yeah um saturday we'll have some events too but jared will take you through those uh when i'm out of the show next week <laughs> but as for that scheduling you know we look ahead all the time like i said we're looking forward to the spring sports uh that are getting ready to get underway we can come back to those we'll start with uh the past week instead we'll get basketball out of the way here uh, i didn't get to watch either game this week like i said it's been been busy but i was able to keep up with the game on sunday on twitter uh for whatever that was worth um cards not having the most exciting uh of games i think um on Sunday against North Carolina. A game they ultimately uh, fell to the Tar Heels and dropped out of their solo first place in the ACC. A loss by 11 that looks worse, I think, than the game story actually was, but then maybe doesn't look as bad as it should have based on the way Louisville was performing <laughs> in, in that one. Yeah. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're playing well. Not 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 the best play we've seen from the team this year. Yeah, I think we we were talking about it in the in the text, and somebody said you could blame this one on missed free throws, and uh, yeah, somebody else said or the rebounding, and I wanted to be like the little girl in the um, yeah, why not both? Yeah, the taco <laughs> seasoning commercial. Why not? Why not both? Yeah. Because yeah, it was unpleasant. So uh, Jeff, sounds like you had a pretty good view of this one. What what did you see out of the cards? Uh, yeah. And, watch it uh it was it, it was it was just not great uh very uncharacteristic uh, of this team particularly with the free throws this is generally a very good free throw shooting team and they were what was the free throw percentage from from it in the, the 50s or 60s 12 or of something. 23 so 52 percent well yeah i mean which is just painfully bad uh very and very uncharacteristic of the team uh so yeah just off in just about every way uh, in that game and you know that like you said that and then rebounding really pretty much is enough to explain the loss but uh you know it just didn't we didn't look sharp in anything but those those were the big things that stuck out yeah what's weird about the the free, the free throws as well is it wasn't 
it wasn't like um you know uh, lf played a lot because of, of some foul trouble ahead of her it wasn't like she was getting to the line and um and and just missing a bunch of free throws which is what you might expect uh when you see a, a team percentage like that she took none no free throws yeah, in the game so any, yeah uh and jada curry was six for six so yeah you look at everybody else that took free throws and you Myla harris and olivia cocker both went two for six which is just like what that's not they're they're good free throw shooters uh you see they are always shooting better than that geeky jefferson only you know one for two uh is it's uncommon for her to sydney taylor one for three it was just like where yeah who are these players at the free throw line and can we get the ones back that we had have had most of the year we needed uh kenny klein to head all the way down to carmichael arena to loosen the uh, rims loosen up the rims yeah, yeah. uh louisville <laughs> struggled uh jada curry six for six from the free throw line but she was three from three for ten from the floor one for six from inside the arc which is mm. not going to do very much for you uh, Sid Taylor, three of nine from the floor. Kiki Jefferson, three of seven. And then Nyla Harris and Olivia Cochran, who were woeful at the free throw line, seven for 11 and six for nine from the floor. So, uh, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just, yeah. it, it's, it's odd. It was a very yeah. odd game, I think, for the way that Louisville's offense performed. Um, Daryl, what did you take out of this one? Yeah. I, I think we, we did touch on this one yesterday or last week when we uh, previewed it, but I mean, we, we talked about Deja Kelly being the big target for Louisville to have to defend against. I mean, talking about free throws, she went 14 of 16 guys, 14. So the rest of the squad had three free throws. She had 23 points in the game and 14 of them were free throws. The only big difference I noticed was Alyssa Utsby, um, just pulling down every single rebound, which I mean, that'll win you some games when you get second chance points. Um, let's see how many they hmm, she so only had nine. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> it it just felt like they had so many opportunities to to get some buckets, and this game was one that's probably um, that was probably going to be um, a little bit. I don't want to call it a trap, just because North Carolina is definitely a good squad. They have been for years. They're not they're not a nobody oh, yeah. that could come up with a win. They definitely have the um the power within them to upset louisville especially on the home court so i think it was a big game for louisville to go into hoping to get a win but considering they were the last undefeated team this is probably just one of those where you know you knock down the the big players and and everybody's now kind of even so we're actually trying to figure out who is the best team in the acc right now um North Carolina is one of those teams that you could probably see in the postseason. So if we're going to lose to them once in a season, let it be in the in the regular season and not in the postseason. So this is kind of like just one of those games or one of those losses you get under your belt and you learn a lot about. And I think we definitely learned a lot, whether it's at the free throw line, us not being able to to get those points and then just being out rebounded the way they were. Um, you you got to give credit to, to Udsby's ability to to get pull those down and get her team the more opportunities to score and like you said it just wasn't Louisville's game and they'll have those sometimes it's not the end of the world it's not the end of the season so I think coach Walls and the squad probably just took that and you know took their licks and then looked ahead towards the rest of the schedule because the second half of the ACC is gonna be worse than the North Carolina game yeah you talk about uh us being 
one of the one of the key items was to not let her or Deja Kelly beat you, and you couldn't keep Deja Kelly off the free throw line, which hurt Louisville in multiple ways. Um, you know, uh, Elif played 11 minutes because uh, Lily Love had three fouls, Olivia Cochran had uh, four fouls, Harris with three. When you've got somebody like Deja Kelly just driving the lane and getting a foul on one of your bigs every single time, mm-hmm. it's going to make it difficult. Um, and then us to be not letting her beat you includes more than just uh, the offensive end. She pulled down 12 rebounds. She was three blocks away from a triple-double. It just maybe don't drive directly at the person who's uh, collecting blocks left and right. Um, that, that would be my recommendation, but... It's weird. Louisville only had 11 turnovers in the game, um, but that's because blocks don't count as turnovers. <laughs> and I, I was going to say, do you guys feel like the Cards beat themselves or that North Carolina actually beat Louisville? Because I don't want to discredit North Carolina. I actually do think that they beat the Cards. I mean, Louisville sh- or North Carolina shot almost 50% from the floor, and that includes a 35% effort in the fourth quarter. They were 55% from the floor entering the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, Louisville made they a good effort like the better squad. in the second quarter to come back um, and tie the game and then immediately just gave it True. right back in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, just, But I, well, it's that free throw margin. I mean, when you look at Olivia only making two of her six, Nyla only making two of her six, if you, if you have the other eight points from that, when you get down to the final few minutes in the game the cards could probably put together some you know last um second push to get the win if they had been in that position to because you know sometimes it comes down to those final minutes the cards may be down but they're able to pull out a win this one just you know when you don't make your free throws and you have an 11 point difference in those final few minutes and north carolina was able to keep that distance between the two squads you just kind of get defeated mentally and you're like, okay, we lost this one. We need to, we'll back off on the, um, you know, the fouling at the end or whatever to try to pull it closer. They just kind of, they just, I think they knew they let this one slip. And it's not just the, it's not just that those two, Olivia Carter and Nyla Harris made only their, only those four free, th- free throws. Three of the four makes that they had between the two of them were when the game was uh, effectively out of reach. Um, Harris's only two makes came with four minutes left in the game. Louisville was, they put Louisville down by seven when she made those two. And one of Olivia Cochran's two makes came with 24 seconds left uh, to make it a nine point game. So yeah, if you, if you get those free throws early, it's not just about your overall free throw shooting percentage, just like um, after that Wake Forest game, Jeff Walls talked about, it's not just about the raw turnover numbers. Right, the the context matters, and the context of Louisville's free throw percentage, free throw percentage is that, um, you know, the cards weren't getting to the line as much as they needed to, um, North Carolina was getting to the line a lot more, and then Louisville missed so many early free throws that it effectively took them out of the game. So making free throws late when you're already down by double digits is not particularly helpful to your cause. Um, missed free throws earlier can depending on the game situation. Missed free throws early can be uh, just as damning as, as missed free throws late if you are in a tight game. So it, it's an unfortunate one. Um, I think you're right, Daryl. I think you know North Carolina went out and won the game. They 
saw the opportunity uh, to pull back level with with Louisville in the lead for the ACC. It's still very early, but um, you know they they jumped on that opportunity and uh, took care of business at home. So that's the way it goes. Uh, fortunately, Louisville got to play again uh, this week, and it went a bit better. Better uh, brought in Boston College, uh, not the cream of the crop in the ACC, but not a terrible team. Uh, they end up taking a 28-point win in that one in the Yum Center Thursday night uh, over a Boston College team that moves to 11-10, and 3-5 in the ACC. Um, unlike some of the other recent games against teams that Louisville should have taken care of business against a bit more handedly or did have uh, a good final score against like Wake Forest and Clemson uh, and and Duke and Pitt. So basically every team that they've played that they should have had a larger margin against. Uh, this one against Boston College, uh, Louisville led wire to wire and took care of business for the most part uh, in every quarter. Um, Eight-point lead at the uh, end of the first half. Boston College scored 18 points in the in the second quarter, but uh, Louisville still won the quarter. Uh, that was their most in, in any quarter in the game. It was a little bit unusual for Louisville's defense to give up double-digit points in every single quarter, um, but the offense was, was doing very well. 18 points for Louisville in the first quarter was their lowest total of any quarter. So good to see them able to keep the pedal down uh, in this game, bounce back in ways that they needed to um, out-rebounded Boston College by 10, um, shot 20 of 27 from the free throw line. <laughs> so uh, looking at, at specifically the ways that they kind of faltered against North Carolina on the road, they returned home against um, a lesser uh, Boston College team and and took care of business. So you were in, in the Yum Center for this one, Jeff. Um, what was the vibe like from the team? Did they seem motivated by the loss did they seem downtrodden and just went out and and beat up on boston college as a result i i don't know that i sensed that particularly they came out and they played uh they played well as a team they played uh solid ball uh and um despite some officiating challenges uh didn't let that didn't flap them uh, in in the face of those challenges so Maybe maybe there was a bit of a, a, a refocusing of their effort, uh, and that that was was what I was perceiving. I, I didn't particularly perceive, hey, we're going to come out and avenge what we did at, at North Carolina. But they certainly they came out and they played solid. They you know so it's very possible that there were some lessons learned there that uh, we saw come out. But uh, it didn't particularly perceive that, but it's possible. I think uh, you can definitely see that this team loves playing at home. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, before the the games, they're out there doing warm ups. They're um, laughing with the, each other. They're dancing to the music and just getting their feels about um, the game. Just getting the feel for the ball and putting the ball through the hoop. So I think coming back home, I don't think this team is sweating that loss against North Carolina because, like I said, I think they'll see them again. And I don't think they'll be as um, shocked as they were this time. Not that I'm saying that this team wasn't ready for North Carolina. 
it's just some days you come out and it's not your best day and it wasn't their best day. And I think the next time that they have the opportunity, it will be their best day. Um, Kiki Jefferson didn't have a great showing against North Carolina. I think that would change. And like we said about uh, free throws, even three po point shooting wasn't great. So once the cards able to get their feet under them and um, establish some dominance in the game, they can, they can beat anybody. Um, and like we witnessed on Thursday night, um, I got to bring Thomas to a game. So he was really excited to sit courtside and be this close to the players. And he could even hear their voice and it's just different side of the game for him. So he was um, excited and got to see the game from our point of view, which uh, we've enjoyed for many years. So got to give a shout out to Jared while he's not on here and the SID Matt for hooking us up and keeping us um, in mind when we want to cover this team and, and giving us a seat and an opportunity to bring our fiancés. So that was really cool. Um, so he got to go under the um, into the media room, get some dinner, um, see all the people and the and just, you know, just the whole process of what we do and go to the post game and listen to Walls and the players afterwards. And luckily he got to see a win. So he is 1-0. Oh. And um, Bring him back. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I was just really excited to, to be able to show him what we do. And it was a good win. Um, at first, the first quarter kind of acted like they, um, I don't know, that, that it was going to be a close game the whole time. But eventually that defense turned it up in the second half and we're able to pull away and get some quality minutes for the bench. And um, as we kind of touched on, Elif has been showing – a major improvement, Olivia, and I think it was Nyla after the game. I really hope I'm right. I can't remember. I know it was Olivia um, talking about uh, Elif's performance and how much they love having her on the squad and how she's willing to learn, and, and she had a great night. She had a career 11 points for number 11. She played almost 20 minutes, and Walls also mentioned um, just her impact for this team and how we need her. We, we need her size to get anywhere in the postseason i think we've learned the last few years watching women's basketball and watching the um the the, the teams that get crowned champions they usually have a giant body in the paint and that's what this team has lacked in the last few years is just having that giant body underneath and we tend to get pushed around under there so you know somebody having somebody as young as elif um somebody who's is willing to learn and um make an impact out there and, and finally see the work that they've put in um, through come to fruition and get those points and have such a, a great night. I think she was three or four or something. Um, just had great efficiency out there. She was fun to watch and she had a great time. You can see that she ha was having a great time. So that's just um, what this team needed to bounce back from a loss was to have um, a Kiki Jefferson night where she, she leads all categories, but then also have a bench player come in and, and have an effective night and just feel that confidence. It's just going to be huge moving forward. Yeah, that first I quarter. I also yeah, sorry, ahead, a Jeff. little bit of, of, of just life in the ACC, right? We go to uh, North Carolina and we play a good North Carolina team on our home court and lose. And then bring a, you know, not terrible. They're, you know, they're not cream of the crop, but they're not terrible Boston College team in uh, on our home floor and we went. Uh, you know, Walls is always talking about you got to grab a few games on the road because you're not going to get many of them. Um, you know, the winning the ACC is about how many road games can you win because people mostly are going to protect their home floor. Um, so, and I, I think we see that a little bit uh, in our games this week. 
Well, and you you look about it or look at it. Um, everybody in the ACC has a loss. All of those losses, well, every team that has a loss, which is all of them, have a loss on the road. Um, right. The top five teams in the conference, uh, which now have Syracuse, North Carolina at the top by virtue of having played an extra game. Um, so Syracuse, North Carolina, Louisville, uh, Virginia Tech, and NC State. Florida State has really fallen off. Uh, they've lost five, four uh, conference games now. Yeah, they looked really good early, and then all of a sudden hmm. it's like, hmm, what happened? But um, those top five teams are all undefeated at home. Um, so Virginia Tech and NC State both sporting two losses. Uh, those The only two losses that NC State has at all on the season, those are, um, those are both on the road for them. Uh, Louisville's loss now has come on the road. North Carolina, Syracuse, both their losses on the road. So like you mentioned, Jeff, um, teams are for the most part going to protect their home floor, especially um, in a competitive league like this where the fans, especially Louisville fans and, and very knowledgeable fan base, knows how important it is to have that home court advantage and to make the most of it. Um, Louisville has actually played... Uh, actually, Boston College has played the most road games now. Uh, unfortunate for them because they've lost them all. <laughs> they've played five, uh, most of anybody in the league. But even they are 3-0 and at home and then 0-5 on the road. So um, if you run into any team in the ACC on their home floor, you could be in for a bad time. So when you get the opportunity like this, um, and like the one against Wake uh, or Duke where they were, not having the best showing when you have those opportunities at home, you have to you have to make the most of them. Yeah, my mother commented about tonight. She's uh, was talking about uh, you know one one of Louisville's least favorite people, uh, Muffet McGraw, when she's doing her uh, commentary. Uh, she has frequently recently commented about trying to come in to play at the KFC Yum Center and how hard of a place it is to play. So, and that's kind of true across the ACC. But uh, you know, maybe maybe we have the biggest home court advantage in the conference. But you know, everybody, you know, has has a home court advantage um, to some degree in the conference. So uh, it's yeah. I I'm think... still I'm right there with you, Jeff. I still think that there's people out there that don't understand the Yum Center. Like we've we've had the Yum Center for what 14 years now. They're they're not That's like you know long. how many. Different. 2010 or something like that yeah yeah um just the amount of players that come through um a program say say boston college or whatever every four years these new players are going to come in and be like this is where yeah. the women play yeah and then they see seven thousand people in the stands and they see um just the the coverage even the media that come out you know it's just it's still a shock to other programs that this is what Louisville does for its women's programs. Um, I mean, we're used to it, but it's still not the norm. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a blessing and a curse, I think, um, for U of L, for for this Louisville women's team, because when you don't play in a in a massive arena, which most of the women's teams don't, even if they, even if the men's teams do at some schools uh, play in a larger arena the women often play in a smaller version um and sometimes in the case of schools like duke you know the 
the regular gym is just smaller. Um, so Louisville can get used to a large rowdy crowd in a big arena um, that is in support of them. And then that can be very different from a smaller but still rowdy crowd uh, in a tough home game. And it can be very different from a cavernous, empty arena. That's what I was thinking of. The Clemson a couple weeks ago where there were seven people behind the commentators and you can hear every horrible conversation (laughs) they had. Or that game against Pitt. I mean, you saw Louisville didn't play particularly well until the fourth quarter when they blew it open. There was hardly anybody there. And it's just, it can feel so much different. It feels almost like practice. If you've tuned yourself up for it to be (laughs) one way and then you go and it's not loud and it's not... um, it can be hard to turn yourself on for a game when you're you're not feeling what you have become accustomed to as a game environment. Yeah, I'm and just... you mentioned Duke earlier, for example. I mean, the the stats crew and the the uh, sideline officials uh, at Duke. I don't know if you've ever really looked closely. I've actually been there, uh, which was cool, kind of a pilgrimage. But uh, the stats crew and the sideline officials at Duke actually sit on the first row of the bleachers. Oh my. <laughs> I mean, it's that close to the floor. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a different experience uh, in that place. It's a, it's a big bar in the PA. You can't understand a word of the PA. It sounds like, like peanuts, adults on peanuts cartoon. <laughs> you know, but, um, but the crowd is right on top of the floor. Uh, and that's going to make a difference. So, yeah. And then for the empty crowds, I'm just thinking about um, how much louder or how many more echoes Coach Walls has when he's yelling at you across the floor. Because I can hear him at the um, yelling at Jada or whoever to get in their right spot. So just imagine, sometimes I do on the broadcast, I can hear Walls. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, like Walls in in, uh, the the Orange Dome, Syracuse, right? Was was there Carrier Dome? What is it now? I don't know, whatever. Uh, You know. He's he's got just this massive echo going on because there's nobody there, you know. They're doing better now, but you know, imagine if you're the player, you're just like, oh, it's more scary. The yeah. JMA Wireless Dome is what it's called. JMA Wireless. Okay, yeah. It's that makes more dome. sense than the Carrier Dome in an unair conditioned arena. So you know. Yeah, but at least the Carrier Dome made sense. Yeah, it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Yeah. Either way, uh, yeah. So. The cards um, with a win over Boston College moved back. Um, I mean, they were still tied for first uh, then, but they were a little bit further back. They're six and one, like I mentioned, behind Syracuse and North Carolina at seven and one. I'm trying to see what the overall um, schedule is to see when they might move into a similar position to that. While you're looking at that, I think I reported wrong the other night. I put that Kiki Jefferson had seven rebounds and then Nyla was right behind her with six, but I guess I missed that Olivia also had seven. So my bad, Olivia. (laughs) She had a great night. Um, You know, I I can't believe she played 31 minutes because it felt like she didn't have to take as much of the load in the fourth quarter. Um, But she had a pretty good night. She didn't get to the free throw line, though, but she still had 10 points, seven rebounds, and her team got the win. And and she talked about in the postgame that she's just happy that, you know, it doesn't all rely on her. Their responsibility doesn't rely on her, and she she can – Elif can come in, and she can feel that the load is going to be carried um, 
for somebody else to come in and get some minutes and still be effective. So I think Olivia is really enjoying her senior season and watching this team come together. And I, I think I mentioned it to somebody else. She's one of the OGs here for this team. She is the um, the picture of what Louisville basketball is and what we preach and what we want on our team. So uh, I really just hope this team is able to come together these next few weeks and get some solid wins and go far in the postseason. Well, you mentioned the team coming together. Um, and after that game against Wake Forest, Olivia Cochran talked about how the team is still trying to figure itself out, still trying to come together uh, and develop that ACC mentality where every night matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you look at that game against North Carolina um, is their first major road game, uh, first major road test of the ACC season. And, you know, they go out and they do what they did. So as part of that learning experience um, and you, you get it under your belt and you hope that the next time they go out for a major road game, which would be uh, find the right NC schedule. State, NC yeah. State yeah. on uh, Monday night. On Monday night. That's going to be a tough one for sure, obviously. But you now have that giant one. You want to talk about? You want to talk about road environments? Oh, Reynolds, yeah. But you now have that experience against North Carolina in your pocket, um, which they did not have before. Uh, Miami, for whatever they were when they played, that was uh, Miami women's basketball, which is not, you know, one of the the premier crowd draws in the city of Miami and it was on New Year's Eve, which yeah. means that it's not one of the major draws for anything, Period. not just yeah. sports, but it's not yeah. going to be a major draw for anything in Miami. Uh, uh, unless it's pre-game considered pre-gaming for uh, later parties. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, this, this North Carolina game was their first big test and you know, they didn't pass it. So um, steady harder for, for the next, the next opportunity. They get these three games against, um, pit on Sunday and then Syracuse so an opportunity to um, put the orange behind them in the standings uh, is also at home on February 1st before ultimately having that game against against NC State so you've got some time to lick your wounds you've got some time to figure out what you need to do differently uh, before that big game looking at the overall schedule Louisville's going to be playing behind assuming they both continue to win Louisville will still be playing behind uh, North Carolina in the standings um, Mm -hmm. until after February 8th, um, which means Louisville would have to beat NC State and beat Notre Dame in the game following that uh, and then win on the road at Syracuse (laughs) to uh, pull level. uh, Or, well, if if they beat Notre Dame, then they would pull level with North Carolina because that's North Carolina's off game night. So... Yeah, I mean, they're going to be behind them in the standings until at least that point. And depending on how things go in their games, they might still be behind them. <laughs> yeah, and it, as it comes down to the end of the season, we're not all that close to it yet. But, you know, if you start thinking about what happens at the end of the season, we only play North Carolina once in a regular season. So, you know, where we would end up, if we end up in an uh, otherwise overall tie, they would have a tiebreak over us. So. Yeah, it's very similar to, to when we look at the volleyball schedule. and Right. Um, you know, they only, Louisville only had that one game against Florida State. Uh, right. Didn't have two opportunities to beat them to knock them down uh, in yeah. the standings. And so... Or, or at least to, to have the games be even and go to another level of tiebreaker that we might win on. Right. 
yeah right. so yeah it's a, it's a good point and um it'll be interesting syracuse may fall off the the top spot before they even take on Louisville. um they get to play virginia tech tomorrow so that should be an interesting one to watch mm-hmm. uh, but that's enough on basketball um Louisville's gonna take on Pitt tomorrow i don't know that we need to talk too much about that uh Louisville beat them by what is it 30 in the, the first game on the road ish and Pitt has not gotten much better because they <laughs> have have one win because um, they still have the same players <laughs> well shockingly you know <laughs> that was rude talk- i don't know where that came from we talked about how we talked about how much uh, teams defend their home court, um, and how hard it is to win on the road. Pitt and Virginia each are sporting one win in the ACC. Their win have their wins have come on the road. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're both zero and four at home, which is like exceptions to prove the rule. Sure, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. The cards had a twenty-six to six fourth quarter in the last meeting. Pitt is coming off of their win, uh, for whatever that's worth. Um, who was it against? Their win. Their, their win. <laughs> They're coming off of their win, which was against Ah Virginia on the road. Um, <laughs> good, good job, Caps. Uh, fifty-six to fifty-two win um, for Pitt in that one. Uh, good luck with a repeat performance there tomorrow, Panthers. <laughs> Moving on, um, talk a little bit about the, the Spring Sports Media Day that was uh, this past week. Um, on Tuesday, got to attend that one. Had an interesting uh, surprise visit from Ashton Gelati and Quincy Riley. They were not on the agenda. Uh, just suddenly, they were rolling in. Someone was prepared for them um, because they had name tags. And <laughs> maybe some people had been uh, prepared to talk to them because they had questions pertinent to what they apparently wanted to talk about. I got to miss out on that opportunity, apparently, but uh wouldn't have had any questions for them anyway. It's not really why I was there. But um, I wrote my article on Wednesday. Um, excitement was the, the word of the day. Optimism was the mood. Everyone that was in attendance was, like I said, excited for the upcoming season, uh, whether that was excited to build on success last year, uh, like softball, or excited to get players back from injury uh, and and build on their fall season like golf or excited to see what this season brings um, for trying to finally get over the hump, I guess is a good way to put it, like lacrosse. Um, and, and not to leave out diving. We're very excited because it's an Olympic year and uh, as they noted, is that changes the entire environment uh in an olympic sport program when it is an olympic year everyone is is turned up to 11 uh to support their teammates and and try to to get moving forward so i guess we started with golf and i want to give them some time um hannah riscova and carmen griffiths were the players that were in attendance Uh, carmen griffiths made the ncaa tournament for uofl last year Uh, the cards did not make it as a team partly because hannah riscova was injured um a funny thing that came out of that was uh, she was talking about how she finally feels 100% and it's exciting. Um, She says to play in a full season for the first time in her career and knocked on her head as saying it to, to knock on wood, (laughs) Um, which then uh, coach young had to follow up immediately to say, but she is getting her wisdom teeth out next week. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, uh, 
you do what you that's, can do. That's usually pretty pretty minor. Yeah, sort of thing. You would hope yeah. it doesn't throw off her equilibrium or balance while she's in recovery. You know, golf yeah. golf kind of depends on those for yeah a yeah. little bit. But um, that was exciting. Uh, you know, this she mentioned this team having probably the most experience um, in high tournaments of any team that she's had so far in her career at U of L. Um, talked about how the schedule can look interesting. Um, something that a lot of people don't realize is that when when the golf team the golf program is working to build their schedules you know they don't necessarily get into every tournament that they would like um sometimes they have to wheel and deal and and trade events they had to trade hosting the moon golf invitational um to get into this guadalajara event but they want to play the best competition that they can every week because golf is one of those very mental sports where when you're playing against better competition you work to improve and and play better yourself so when you get to the acc tournament when you get to the ncaa regionals um it's not the event's not bigger than than you're prepared for so i thought that was interesting Hmm. Um, yeah it is (laughs) the other thing she mentioned is uh how difficult it is to advance (laughs) when they were talking about uh griffiths making the tournament last year Coach Young talked about how difficult it can be to advance when one of your top players is out due to injury. So uh, yeah, for sure, it, it's it's tough. Um, but looking forward to some some good team performance. We've gotten some good individual performances in in recent years from from Louisville women's golf. But it'd be good to see uh, the team make a splash. Uh, softball was next, and that one we've talked a little bit about on the show already. Um, the players that were in attendance uh, were Daisy Hess and Gabby Holloway. Um, like Riscoba, Holloway was excited to be playing um, a season without injuries or without other outside factors uh, and and be able to be a leader. Um, I imagine it was tough. Um, shouldn't talk about this specifically, so I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, put anything on her. Uh, but I imagine it was tough to be in a role like hers um as a rising upperclassman trying to be a leader on the mound when you've got a player like taylor roby (laughs) that is you know a superstar on uh, both sides of the ball and um yeah just difficult but you know holloway is kind of the the elder statesman now um it's a very young pitching staff uh but i think they mentioned six starting pitchers um so trying to be a leader uh, in that in that position um they're trying to bring uh, Brooke Gray along uh, understanding that it's a big transition from high school to college and uh you know having senior leadership like like Gabby Holloway uh, is a big part of that so um she did mention that that Gray being very confident in herself definitely helps uh <laughs> That's her, a kind way to put it. Yeah. Helps her um, be ready. Uh, I was going to ask, and I didn't, but I, I thought about asking how important it is and how you plan for uh, keeping a player like that tuned in when they face adversity. Because, you know, she lost, I think, like one game uh, in her last two years at Ballard as yeah. far as, like, a decision that 
was ascribed to her as a loss. Maybe she didn't even win, or maybe she didn't even lose one. Um, even the number of no decisions that she had was incredibly low. And that's not going to be the case when you're in college. Like, you're going to lose games regardless. You could you could pitch almost perfect, and so could your opposing <laughs> so could your opposing number, and then uh, one one thing goes wrong and, and you lose a game. So we saw it a little bit with Alyssa Zabala last year where she would be nails and then something would happen and she might unravel a little bit because she didn't face that adversity in high school. So I was curious to see what uh, what maybe they learned from that and how to apply that to Brooke Gray, but uh, for reasons, didn't get the opportunity to ask. <laughs> um, what, do, what do you think, Daryl? You're our, uh, our resident softball gal. How, how do you perceive that? Uh, situation. Yeah, I think it's just it sucks the way last season ended. There, it felt like they were getting over a hump, and you know when that just gets kind of I don't want to say taken away from you, or you just let it slip, or you uh, you you feel like you could go further. You had a good season, um, but this team is it's it's getting better. Um, I'm still on the Holly April train. I think she um is the right person for the job right now she spent like 10 seasons at Pittsburgh so um gosh now I'm thinking about how many years she's been here that's kind of scary it's almost five years y'all oh my god entering her fifth yeah oh my god well I mean um it's about time to start getting those um wins getting it further in the postseason I think they hosted the championship last year or they're hosting it this year or something so Louisville softball is definitely um, still um, on kind of, I'm not gonna say prominent, but it's, it's in people's faces and we're a program that is on the rise. So I, I'm just really wanting to see Holly's teams finally um, come together. The base running got better last year than it was in previous years. So I, I, I'm very curious to see what they have improved on over this off season. Um, because it, I mean, even before then it was, um, the pitching wasn't great. So that kind of improved. And like I said, the base running was atrocious a few years ago and that improved last season. They got more aggressive. So, um, once this team finally, uh, comes together and, and they can figure it out, I'm very curious to see what they can do in the ACC because you saw teams like Clemson and Duke start new programs and all of a sudden they're in the postseason. It's just kind of like, eh. The, the cards got to figure it out or eventually move on. Yeah, I think I think Louisville might take their lumps early um, in this year. They have eleven newcomers on the team. They have eleven returners. Uh, we don't we don't need to talk about the people that departed uh, that weren't graduates, um, but they do need to replace those spots in the lineup. Uh, one thing that was encouraging was um, both Daisy Hessing and Gabby Holloway talking about not letting the moments get too big, taking advantage of uh, every opportunity that they have. Um, Gabby mentioned uh, specifically wanting to be where her feet are. And I think that's that's very important for a team like this, that you can't be looking ahead to say, well, yeah, we made it to the regional last year, and then it didn't in the way we wanted it to. We want to make it further next year, or this year, I should say. Um, and then you lose a couple of games early because you have 11 newcomers on the team and you're trying to figure it out. Uh, they're going to be shifting the infield around. Um, we know that Bailey Richardson will be in it. Holly April said so. Kylie Goff will be the starting catcher. Holly April said so. 
a problem there is that she didn't play in any of the fall ball games because they didn't have their waiver situation sorted out. So, you know, the team has a lot to still figure out once real games start, you know, next week. And, you know, they might lose a couple of those early. So for the team to know and the team to recognize that they have to take every every moment as it comes and play every game uh, the way they can, you know, just play that game. You can't you can't play the next game. You can't play the game two weeks from now. You can't play the last game again. You got to play the game you're playing. Um, to have that mindset and that mentality, uh, I think could could definitely help with what might be uh, difficult early um, and help build them for to put them in a better position for the next year. I thought something else that was interesting that Daisy has said was that she had to settle into a position that wasn't fully known at the time. She didn't expand on whether that was um she didn't know what infield position she was going to play when she got to UofL or she didn't know what her leadership role was going to be um but I thought that was very interesting for her to say that and and now building on that experience of feeling much more settled uh she feels she she has a much better handle on it maybe bringing in a former teammate helps with that comfortability but I thought that was very interesting statement from her um Diving, we learned that it is pronounced Elsa Prasternik. Um <laughs> I feel like I knew that, but I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe we do, but maybe we did, but we, we I, th- I, have... I think I think we thought that was how it was, but maybe we weren't weren't positive of it. So good good to get confirmation regardless. Yeah. Uh we did find out why they broke it out, just because the diving program is experiencing so much success and, and kind of doing their own thing. They deserved to be able to talk about that. Uh, themselves instead yeah, of being like <laughs> <laughs> they, they are seeing some success that they've never seen before in this program so yeah okay um they are hosting the ncaa zone diving championships this year it'd be the first time in program history nice. uh, they got some new equipment uh to prepare for that and then when they go i think on spring break or on some other break they're going to get um even more new equipment on the diving side. Uh, so really building up that because it can help with recruiting. It helps put you on the map a little bit uh, with those events. They're also hosting the USA Zones over the summer, which is uh, one of the top youth uh, events for qualifying for uh, USA uh, national teams on the junior side. So that'll be pretty interesting. Uh and exciting to see what they have. Uh, Lindsay Gitsy was the uh, player representative or athlete representative. Like I said, uh, Elsa Prasternik was already um, doing some prep work. Uh, she was in Germany at the time. I thought she was already at Worlds, but Worlds is not until next week. Um, she was in Germany for an event, which she won a gold at, which is cool. Um, so she was not, not here for this, but uh, Lindsay Gitsy was uh transfer last season. Um, she said that transferring to a P5 program was a dream. She came from Colorado State, um, and making the NCAA tournament was the cherry on top. Uh, she also scored points uh, for UofL in that event, so very exciting there. Um, they did talk about loving the environment that uh, the natatorium can provide, especially against a rivalry uh, matchup, and how most teams are not prepared for that at all. <laughs> Diving coach Ryan Rougeau talked about... Um, most diving meets being like golf (laughs) 
where it's yeah. just quiet and then people clap when something's over the athlete never hears it because they're they're under the water uh it is not that way <laughs> at the ralph Wright natatorium when they right. are hosting a team like kentucky so uh very interesting there yeah that place to get packed in a in a big meet oh yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the divers, just because it's just happening at the same time, you know, they're not prepared yeah. for it. People are yelling and screaming about the swimming meets. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, you're expected to go up there and do a triple backflip and land perfectly in the water. Not have. Yeah. <laughs> not not let your concentration be broken. Um, last, last one up was lacrosse. Um, they're opening their season. They have a lot to prove, I think. I think Scott Teeter has a lot to prove. We've talked about that, too. Um, exciting to see that they use they do plan to use their first two games as a measuring stick which makes sense when you play the same two teams in your first two games four years in a row um they were excited that that you know they could play uh what became a final four team in denver last season they played them to a 5-4 game uh at home but one of their struggles has been on the road when they go to colorado uh, whether that's conditioning whether that's weather uh, they've struggled when they open the season on the road, so uh, that'll be a big indicator for them this year um, to see where they are right out of the gate. Um, it's going to be interesting uh, this this lacrosse season. Sarah Desh has definitely uh, nailed down that position in goal, uh, made that clear with uh, Scott Teeter saying having a veteran in goal helps take concern off that position. Uh, and Sarah Desh talking about how she needs to continue to improve her relationships with her defenders. So I would say that Hannah Johns is not going to be threatening that position right out of the gate. And um, Jay Pleck is uh, going to be uh, more of the reserve. But I think it's important for, for the team as a whole, not just for one of the goalies, to to have somebody set in stone there. Um, one of the interesting things that Teeter mentioned um, in addition to the fact that they have 40 players on the roster and you have to figure out how to get everybody minutes, uh, is that they have six to seven fifth years and feel like it's it's their time. Um, this this gets to be uh, Louisville with the team, being the team with a bunch of uh, ver veteran players. Usually that's the other teams in the ACC. And so we'll see if they can if they can make the most of that. Um, the links to all the, the article or all the interviews um, press conferences, I guess, are are in my article from Wednesday. They were very, it was a very fun experience. Uh, everybody, like I said, was very excited, and so I encourage everybody to check those out. Uh, that, you know, we're pretty much there, Jeff. I promised people would talk about uh, PVF, so I don't know if you want to make that your final thought or if you want to. Oh talk yeah, about I was now. probably going to. Yeah. All right, so yeah. We'll, we'll do that. You know, we've we've filled the hour, so uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and start with you. You can have an extended final thought on. Uh, on PBS. Yeah, we talked about last week, uh, and several times I've talked about it. You can tell I'm excited about this. Uh, you know, fresh uh, pro volleyball federation, uh, the first uh, traditional volleyball league uh, professional in the United States. It's great for the players to be able to play here and not have to go overseas to play uh, professionally. But uh, we have three U of L rooting interests in the PBF. Uh, that may surprise my. Uh, uh, fellow folks on the on the call here where I, when I had said two previously uh, I had not realized that Wilma Rivera had signed with the Orlando Valkyries until I saw her playing last night uh, so uh, you know we've got uh, Claire Chausset up in Grand Rapids she played Thursday night uh, her team won they beat uh, Columbus who was hosting 
Uh, Atlanta Vibe with Tori Dilfer Stringer has have now played twice. Uh, they've won both of their matches. First one in Omaha and uh, the second one last night against uh, Orlando Valkyries uh, with Roma Rivera in Orlando. Uh, so the big question, I think, for the PBF at this point is, when is a home team, home team going to win? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's been three matches so far, and the away team has won all three. So, um, yeah, a lot of fun, uh, exciting. Uh, the games have been great. Uh, there's some just some incredible volleyball talent. Um, you know, as you would expect, but it's great to see. And, uh, you know, check out the those first three matches are all available on YouTube. Uh, they're still kind of sorting out their media stuff, I think. Um, but uh, you can, at least for these three, you can go on YouTube, search for Pro Volleyball Federation, and hit their channel, and they're all available there. The full matches are. So um, check it out. Their uh, replay review stuff is really impressive, what they're doing with that. So um, that's if you're a techie geek, that's kind of interesting to check out too. So you're saying we're not watching the Zapruder film to decide if somebody's finger got touched on a no, challenge call? No, no, no. They have they have very high resolution, high frame rate, and it's uh, kind of like computer enhanced sort of stuff going on. And they're actually using computer vision to help determine uh, replay uh, various calls. Uh, they don't have line refs. You know how they normally have the refs at the corners. So they're doing. They don't oh, have them at doing. all. They're using it. I, I think it's essentially like the you know tennis. They have the Hawkeye stuff. Mm -hmm, yeah. I think it's essentially the same technology there to do all the line calls. But that's so that's interesting to do that uh, live. Yeah, that yeah they don't have line refs out there at all. Where I mean, I guess it doesn't matter as much for volleyball because once the ball touches the ground, the point is over. Right. Yeah. In tennis, one way or the other. In tennis, it's yeah. important for for the line judge to be there, screaming so that you don't have a player, you know, running right. to try to to field a ball that is out. Um, right. But yeah, that's that's cool. Um, does it is it still fast? Like the, the yeah, every call I guess is in question basically without a without a line judge uh, immediately there. So. Yeah. Basically, it's 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 within a few seconds. It's actually you know showing what's going on. Um, nearly live in other uh, other challenges. They, they do still have a challenge system, uh, but the other challenges are also computer mediated uh, and they are um, they're very quick as a result. I guess what's good about that is that uh, as a coach, you don't have to try to decide if you're going to waste a challenge on an in-out call because it's uh... yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and they did, they, they, <sighs> I'm not exactly sure how they're calling this because like the, the up and up and down reps are still calling it, but it can immediately be referred to this. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. So the, I still have seen some where they have used a challenge uh, on a line call and, and gotten a review done. I, I don't know why it's sometimes seems to be automatic and immediate. And sometimes they have to do the challenge. I'm, I'm not sure on that, <laughs> but yeah, that is exciting to see uh, it continue to to build up and yeah be so prepared uh, out of the gate. Uh, something like this, you you definitely want to have uh, your ducks in a row um, because you you might not get another chance. Um, yeah, in, in, with an event like this, so it's good to know that they yeah. uh, have the resources in place. Yeah, Daryl, there 
oh, is sorry. another volleyball league starting up next year. Uh, Love B L O V D, um, and so it'll be interesting to, to compare and contrast the team as <sighs> as they do that. AFL and USFL. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> situation. Yeah. It's, there's been some, <laughs> been some comparisons to that as to, you know, do they eventually merge? Do you know, you know, that's going on. But anyway, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, you're, why would you not, you know, pull your resources, come together and <laughs> provide a better product than rather than try to compete. Yeah. Know, but either way, um, Daryl, what do you, what do you get? What's your final thought? Yeah, it's just, I think I mentioned it in a post on Friday. It's just um, remembering Kobe Bryant and Gigi. Um, It's been four years, and I don't feel like the world has been the same since. Never mind COVID happened, but um, I think that those players that we lost, um, they would be going to college by now. So it's just kind of just, wow, time flies, but also just hug your people um, because you never know when it, it could be it. And I just, I never, I think about them every single day. And so, yeah, I'm just, um, RIP Kobe and Gigi and the other seven people. Yeah. Uh, Don't mean to bring down the vibe, no. but <laughs> no, it's, it's good remembrance. It is. Um, important there. Uh, my final thought, um, congratulations to, to track and field for continuing their strong performances, uh, at their, home location they'll get another opportunity to do so next week um i imagine they're going to wrap up today with with some more good finishes a lot of their best events were not until today so it'll be exciting to see those and uh good luck to another olympic sport in swimming and diving taking on uh kentucky in the battle of the bluegrass want to want to always get the win mm-hmm. over the wildcats um, yep. that'll do it for us this week uh, you know, as I mentioned, I won't be here next week, but uh, we'll be sure to to try and bring you the best show that we can, as we do every week, bring the joy and excitement of U of L women's athletics. So until then, go cards. Go cards. Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm-hmm.